You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. It's very important as Christians that we have to learn God's ways and not only seek His works. Have to learn His ways and not only seek His works. Oftentimes people don't consider what they are doing right now and they neglect the future by what they're doing right now. As a Christian, you should know whatever kinds of seeds you are planting right now will have an effect upon your life in the future. God has called us to be Christians. When you're a Christian, there's something different about you. When God created everything, the first six days, he said it was good, it was very good. But the seventh day, he said, it's holy. When something is holy, it means God is included. God is a part of it. God says the marriage bed is holy. The marriage union is holy. God is included. God says you are holy. Means God is in your life. God is a part of your life. The tithe is holy. There's so many things in the word of God that shows us we should not treat ourselves as Christians as something that's common. Treat the word of God as something that's common. The word of God is holy, the Holy Bible. So when God is included, there's something different about it. You have to ask yourself, if you say you're a Christian, are you just that by confession or are you a Christian in heart? Because when you're a Christian of heart, it means there's a new birth that's taken place and your nature and everything will change. Many people today serve God from their minds, from a natural point. But it does not come from their regenerated Newborn spirit. For us to finish this race in a strong way, we have to make sure that not only our spirits, but our soul and our bodies remain sanctified. Amen? Do you know what that means? It means you have to be careful what you like close to your body, what you like close to your soul, your will, your intellect, your emotions. What are you looking at? What are you thinking about? Because it can affect your salvation. It's not just something that's in the spirit. Your spirit that is linked up with God. When we say we are Christians, we have to be a Christian. Turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 22. Family, listen to me. When we say we are Christians, we say we have the ability to be in God's presence. We can only be in God's presence because of His righteousness. Because of what He's done on the cross. When you immediately start talking about the righteousness of God and you allow that into your life, it means God is on your side. It means God is fighting for you. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 22. Abstain from every form of evil. That sums it up. Amen. Stay away from evil. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Passion Translation says, Now may the God of peace and harmony set you apart, make you completely holy, 
And may your entire being, spirit, soul, and body be kept completely flawless in the appearing of our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. There's a call to be unspotted from this world. There's so much in the world affecting us, influencing us in the church. But God has called us to be blameless, body, soul, and spirit. So we have to be one with the difference. Amen? You have to be one with the difference. And the difference in our lives is the Holy Spirit. God has called us to be different. The wonderful thing is, is that God wants to help us. Immediately when you say be blameless, is there anybody that's blameless? Anybody here, you didn't make a mistake this week. You didn't sin this week. No, that's all of us. When we talk about the righteousness of God, we're not saying be perfect because nobody is perfect. We're saying we're relying on the one who is perfect. Jesus Christ. We're not looking at our self-righteousness, but we're looking at his righteousness so that we can be one with a difference. Most Christians, the mistake that most Christians make is they live a life thinking that eternal life is something that you receive the day that you die. Instead of realizing eternal life is something that you receive the moment you accept the Lord Jesus Christ. So eternity is in, uh, on the inside of us the moment we accept the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why you have to think about heavenly things, the things from above. That's your origin. That's where you come from. And that's where we will live one day with Jesus. But there's still a lot that needs to happen before then. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, be one with the difference. One with the difference talks about our spirit. One with the difference is being linked up with God. Not being weird and funny, but being led by the Holy Spirit. When people want to behave and do things in a certain way, we do it differently. The Bible says in John 5 verse 24, It's urgent that you listen carefully to this. Anyone who believes what I'm saying right now and aligns himself with the Father, who has in fact put me in charge, has at this very moment the real lasting life and is no longer condemned to be an outsider. Everybody wants to feel that they belong. God has made a way that you can be part of the family of God. This person has taken a giant step from the world of the dead to the world of the living. It's urgent that you get this right. The time has arrived, I mean right now, when dead men and women will hear the voice of the Son of God and hearing will come alive. God has called us to be one with the difference. Do you know that God wants to walk with you? God wants to talk to you. He wants to plan with you. He is the one praying for you, interceding for you. He's more interested in your good future than what you are. He's more committed to it than what you are. Can you see the need for us to walk with God? If you're honest as a Christian, the times when things have not worked out, you've had your part to play because you wanted to do it your own way. You took your own leading. But God wants to lead you. God wants to guide you. Take you from where you are to where he wants you to be. That leading of the Holy Spirit is so important. 
our hearts. Your heart is the communication point. That's why if there's things in your heart contaminating or influencing your communication, you'll make wrong decisions. Offense. If you're offended, you'll filter everything through offense. Then even when good things come, you'll miss those good things because you'll be looking at those things through the offense. Do you know why I know I'm talking to the right people? Because the Bible says offense comes to everybody. That means offense has come to you and offense has come to me. Who have you got offended in the last week? Let me just see your hand. Who upset you? Family, listen to me. Your life that you are living right now is very important. The decisions you make today has an impact upon your life tomorrow. As a Christian, yes, judgment and condemnation has been removed. But we'll still have to stand before God one day and give account for our lives. Our good deeds that we have done, our charitable deeds that we have done, and the assignments that God has given us, have we fulfilled it? Have we done what God has called us to do? And there'll be no excuses one day when it comes to that. Amen? So we have to take responsibility and say, God, we take responsibility for the assignments that you have given us. If you know you have to do something and you don't do it, as a Christian, the Bible says when you know you have to do good and you don't do good, it's sin. We're talking about another level here now. We're not talking about, oh, you did that or you do that. That's wrong. We're talking about if you know to do good and you don't do it, the Bible says it's sin. Because when God asks you to do something and you have the prompting and you know you have to do something and you don't do it, it affects somebody's life. Because what we are doing, we're doing it as unto the Lord. A matter of fact, Jesus said, when you gave a glass of water, you were giving it to me. What we do, we're doing it as unto the Lord. That means if we fail somebody when it comes to an assignment, we're failing God. We're talking about a new level in Christianity now. Amen? So when God gives you an assignment, take it very seriously. If you say you're a Christian, make a decision to walk with God. To hear what God is saying. Otherwise, we can go in the wrong direction. Amen? Family as a Christian... God wants us to solve problems in people's lives. Our right standing with God is very, very important. Do you know why? Because people will come to you and say, I know that you're a Christian. Can you pray for me? Then you need to know that you can manifest the presence of God. Am I talking to the right people here? This is where righteousness is so important. I'm helping you here this morning. That's why people are looking at you to see that you would do the right thing. That you would walk in righteousness. Because it's the righteousness of God that makes the difference in our lives. It's the righteousness of God that sets you free from sin, from guilt and condemnation. When you're aware of God's righteousness... Condemnation will go. Guilt will go. Because you'll know you're in right standing with God. It's that righteousness that even produces miracles in people's lives. Remember Jesus, when they confronted him, when he said, be healed. And then he said, let your sins be forgiven. He said, how can you say that? He said, what's easier? To say your sins have been forgiven 
or to say be healed. Because righteousness is a person and his name is Jesus Christ. And if that righteousness comes into your life, salvation comes into your life, deliverance comes into your life, redemption comes into your life, breakthrough comes into your life. That's the righteousness of God. What does Jesus say in Matthew 6? He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Can you see why we must look at Jesus and his righteousness the whole time? The Bible says, he who knew no sin became sin so that we can be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Why? Why did God come and do that? He has positioned you to attract God's favor. Because the Bible teaches us that the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. And he is attentive to their prayers. So when you're in right standing with God, you know God is listening to you. Even if you are facing a challenge and there's not immediate solution to what you are praying, you know God hears your prayers. He might be considering your prayer request, but he's aware of your prayer. The way he will execute his plan in every person's life might differ. And the mistake that we make is we look at people's lives and say, Oh, God did it like that. He should do it like that for me. When you in right standing with God, God's eyes are upon you. A matter of fact, when you are positioned in Christ Jesus, in the righteousness of God, God sees you. Everybody wants to be highly favored, but the most highly favored person was Jesus himself. The beauty of heaven. When you are in Christ Jesus... You've become highly favored. God is aware of you. Now when you are praying, when you're in Christ Jesus, in the righteousness of God, in the same way as Jesus was praying, and God the Father was aware of him, he's now aware of you. Can you see the importance of keeping your position in Christ Jesus? That's why we say, the best is yet to come. But the second part is, only those whose lives are centered around Christ Jesus, can say with all confidence, the best is yet to come. I'm helping you here as Christians this morning not to lose heart. Amen? Focus upon the right things. We have to bring a message of salvation. Acts 20 verse 20, I never shrank back from telling you what you needed to hear, either publicly or in your homes. I have had one message for Jews and Greeks alike. The necessity of repenting from sin and turning to God. Family, there's a new gospel that people are preaching out there that you don't have to repent anymore. You don't have to repent and say sorry. It is true that Christ has dealt with all our sins, but the Bible says you have to repent. Amen? You have to go say sorry. Don't cover up your sins, your mistakes. Amen? Sometimes we as parents have to go say sorry to our children when we are wrong. See, no, you don't hear one amen. No, I'm the head of the house. They listen to me. I'm never wrong. You can be wrong because nobody is perfect. 
It's important for your child to see that you can say sorry. Because then they will also go and say sorry. The Bible says in Proverbs 28, verse 13, He who covers his sins will not prosper. But whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Family, foolish people don't worry about their sins. But when you're a Christian and you make a mistake, you want to go make right. Amen? Let's go make right where we have to make right. Amen? It brings reconciliation. Sometimes you can go say sorry when you're not even wrong. Because it's not about winning the argument, but winning the soul. Daniel, Daniel never made any mistake. He never sinned. A matter of fact, he's one of the characters in the Bible the closest to Jesus. But when he started praying for his nation, he said, Lord, we have sinned. We have sinned. Forgive us, Lord. Bring healing, bring restoration. We have to take responsibility. Amen? And then as Christ has forgiven us, we must forgive. And then put the past behind us and move forward. Because we cannot move forward if we're looking back the whole time. Jesus is a tomorrow thinker. Thinking about your good future. Amen? We have to show people that kind of love. Amen? Loving God, loving people. Why can we love people? Because we love God. Look at the cross. It's first this relationship with God. Then it's our relationship with people. When this relationship with God, this love, grows dimmer and dimmer and dimmer and becomes less and less, our relationship towards people immediately as well. But when you're in love with God, you'll be in love with these people. Turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 9. I want to show you something, verse 51. Sometimes you can quote scripture and be wrong because you're quoting scripture for your own desire. We are sanctified for service. We are sanctified so that we can worship Him. Luke 9 verse 51. Now it came to pass... When the time had come for him to be received up, that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem and sent messengers before his face. And as they went, they entered a village of the Samarians to prepare for him. Here Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. He's given his disciples an assignment. Go. They're excited. They've got an assignment from Jesus. They go to Samaria. They have the revelation that this is the Jesus. This is the Christ. This is the anointed one. And they're hoping that the people will just be excited as they are. And surprise, surprise, when they get there, the people are not as happy as they are. Have you ever tried to do something for God? We're excited about it and then you were opposed? It happened here. And as they went, they entered a village of Samaritans. A matter of fact, the Samaritans and the Jews, they didn't like each other. They didn't even eat together. Hmm? Does it sound familiar? Have you experienced something like that in your lifetime? Sounds like a little bit like South Africa in certain parts. Amen? (laughs) 
Don't be so religious here this morning. Amen. Come on. Hello. <laughs> but they did not receive him because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. When his disciples James and John saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them just as Elijah did? You see what they're doing? They're quoting scripture. They're saying in the Bible, there's reference. These people opposed this man of God and he called down fire and he just sorted them out. He says, Jesus, if you want us, we can do it. We're ready. <laughs> Amen. But he turned and rebuked them and said, you do not know what manner of spirit you are of. The Passion Translation says, you don't know what's coming out of your heart. Your heart will always reveal the true you. Family, Jesus was saying to them here, you're quoting scripture and you're referring to a man of God. But what you want to do right now, you're busy contaminating your spirit. You're a Christian. You are linked up with God. If you realize, he says, I've not come to kill, steal, and destroy. I've come to give life. As a Christian, do everything to protect your spirit from not being contaminated by the things of this world, through your own actions, through your own words. The truth is, James and John got offended. said, how dare these Samaritans not help us? Don't they know who we are? That we can call down fire and sort you out. Hello? Who have you felt like calling fire down on some people recently? Just raise your hand and be honest. God is looking at your heart right now. He says, you are busy contaminating your spirit through what you are doing. You're a Christian. Behave differently. When you're led by the Holy Spirit, the first fruit of the Holy Spirit is love. The difference is they had not received empowerment and they were not taking leading by the Holy Spirit, but their own thoughts, their own actions, their offense was dominating their hearts. This is the biggest mistake that many Christians make. God has called you for Christian service. It was Nicodemus that came to Jesus and said to him, I've been teaching the Jews for 30 years, doing the right thing, quoting the scriptures. You're only around for three years. Why are these things happening in your life? Jesus said to him, you think it's about quoting the scriptures. You think it's about knowing the word of God. It's not. You need to be born again. You need to be linked up with God. He said, I don't understand what you are saying. How can I go back into my mother's womb? He says, I'm telling you now, if you're not born again, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Once you've entered into the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is to seek his righteousness. And when you're seeking his righteousness, all these other things will be added to you. Later on, Jesus, in the next chapter, chapter 4, he talks about the Samaritans again. He says, when Jesus returns, when I come back, I'm going to look for those who worship me 
in spirit and in truth. It says don't allow anything to affect your spirit. Your spirit is your heart. Protect your heart. Because sometimes you'd want to quote scripture. Gentlemen, it's easy to quote that scripture. The Bible says you must submit. To your wife, submit. Here it is, submit. Submit. Can I read it to you? Do you want the scripture? Submit. Jesus was saying, it is not what you are quoting, but the spirit that you are doing it in. The spirit of Jesus is to build up, to lift up, to encourage. It's the sons of God that are led by the spirit of God. The leading of the Holy Spirit. It's not about using the word of God as a weapon against your spouse or your children. But it's being led by the Holy Spirit. This is the key. Have you allowed the Holy Spirit to lead you? If you want to be led by the Holy Spirit, guard your heart. Don't let offense come and dominate your heart. Because otherwise you'll filter everything through that. And it will affect your life in more than one area. That's what Paul wrote to the Thessalonians. May the Lord sanctify you. Your spirit, your soul, and your body. Make sure that nothing contaminates you in your way of thinking. Otherwise, you won't be able to help people. Can you see why God cannot use a lot of people? Because if you had authority to call down fire from heaven and somebody upsets you, you'll say, do you know, Elijah and me, we do the same things. <laughs> Jesus was saying to him, that's Old Testament. You're under the law. There's a new covenant. You're being led by the Holy Spirit now. Take the leading of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Am I helping some of you here today? The fire there to bring it down. If you would use it to kill, steal, and destroy, how can God trust you to heal, deliver, and bring salvation and breakthrough to people? It's very important for us to be Christians. To be led by the Holy Spirit. To take guidance from the Holy Spirit. The spirit that we do things in is very, very important. Jesus in praying, in John chapter 17 from verse 20, he said, Father, the glory that you have given me, I have given them. Family, if you go read in the Old Testament, you'll see God gives instruction, let no man touch my glory. I will not share my glory with anybody. But yet you were designed to be clothed with God's glory. You were never designed to be a sinner. You were designed to be clothed with God's glory so that you can manifest God's glory wherever you go. But God says, I've done it in such a way that it's my righteousness that allows you to enter into the holy of holies. He says, my eyes are upon the righteous. My ears are attentive to their prayers. So as you keep your position in Christ Jesus, you know you are clothed with God's glory. 
And Jesus prays for the disciples and he says, The glory, Father, that you have given me, I have given them. I am in them, they are in me, and I am in you. Family, do you know what that means? It means nothing can separate you from God. Because nothing can separate Jesus from the Father. And as Jesus is in the Father, you are in Jesus. You are in God, God in you, and you in God. He says, why have I given you this glory? He says, so that the world will believe. That the world will know that I have loved them and that they love me. When people look at us, how do they know that we are his disciples? By the love that we have for one another. Not a love that comes from our minds or from our souls, but a love that comes from our regenerated spirit. And it's this love of Christ that compels us to do the right thing. Compels us to go love others. The biggest mistake that we make, we try and love brothers without being empowered by God. What did Jesus say to his disciples? In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, he says, Wait in Jerusalem until you've received power. Then go out and be my witnesses where? In Jerusalem, in Samaria. What was he saying? He says, after you've received empowerment, go back to those that hate you. Now that you've been empowered, go minister to them. You will see, I'm with you. I'm going to help you. Previously, when you tried to do it in your own strength, you got offended. And you wanted to call down fire and hurt them. But now that I've empowered you by the Holy Spirit, go back to them. They previously hated you, and you hated them. Now go and love them. Because you know you hated me, and I loved you. You rejected me, and I loved you. And it was my love that carried you through and made a difference in your life. Now you know nothing will be able to separate you from my love. Go and love them. We need the empowerment of God to bring change in this nation. If we have been empowered by the Holy Spirit, even those that have hated us, that have wronged us, that have offended us, will now go and say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me. He's empowered me. You know what? It's going to give me the grace we can heal broken hearts. That we can set captives free. So we can start walking in righteousness. As we establish the righteousness of God in this nation, it will bring change in people's lives. So from this day, how does salvation come? It comes through our confession. Let's start confessing that God is able. When we get involved in Christian service, make sure that you've been empowered by the Holy Spirit. And you're not doing it in your own strength. A matter of fact, if you do things in your own strength, you'll find yourself murmuring and complaining very quickly. If you're murmuring and complaining, you should ask yourself, have I been empowered by God for Christian service? Because if the Holy Spirit has empowered you for Christian service, you'll be able to go where it seems impossible from a natural point of view and make a difference and change people's lives. Now you're yielding and relying more on God. Paul said, I've worked hard. I've done my part. But the grace of God 
was working much harder in my life than anything else. Family, for us to be gathering together like this is the grace of God. It's a deep work of the Holy Spirit. But we'll be selfish if we want to keep it for ourselves. We have to say, God, empower us once again so that we can go out and make a difference in this nation. Take this nation for you so that we can serve you, Lord, so that we can glorify you. That which you have said, Lord, the glory that you have given us, let's go out and give it to the world. Amen. When I say to the world, get people to be saved. The whole earth will be clothed with God's glory. God said to me and spoke to me, I'm closing with this. Many years ago, and I've said it before, I saw a vision. And I saw in the church, God's people there with a golden crown on their heads. And I said, yes, Lord, those are king's kids, children of the most high God. And the Lord took me out and I saw the whole world. And everybody had a golden crown on their head. And I said, Lord, it's not right. They're not king's kids. How can they have a golden crown on their head? And the Lord said to me in that vision, he said, they are all king's kids. They just don't know it. I've died for all of them. But the way that we look at people, sometimes we think they don't deserve God's salvation. We think this one deserves to go to hell. And those thoughts should not even be in our minds because nobody deserves to go to hell. You are the greatest product of the Holy Spirit. You are made in His image and in His likeness. You were designed for glory from the beginning. Jesus Christ came back so that that glory can be restored back to you. Walk in that which God has predestined and planned for you. Now when you are clothed with God's glory, whatever you touch will be blessed. Wherever you go, God will give it to you. Wherever there is darkness, when you walk with the light of God, it will expel all shades of darkness. You've become one with a difference. Seal up. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ. Loving God. Loving people.